we're back accordingly. My name is Mr. B. Um, I'm going to talk to you as uh, Charles Bowers for these next couple of episodes because if you've been a fan of All Things Aside, you understand that there have been some things going on in my life through the lifeline of that podcast that I've been going through for some time. Um, If you know around certain episodes, I talked about my mom dealing with cancer. And, you know, her going through her treatments and, you know, her doing what she needed to do in order to, to remain here. And now, you know, some months have passed in 2023 and my mom is no longer here. My mom fought valiantly. She fought in a way that sometimes it made me question if she even had cancer or not because she never let it dim her light. It kind of, it's been messing with me ever since, you know. But there's a lot that led all the way up into here and it's gonna take time for me to recover. Mentally, I'm, I'm not there. There's some days when I feel unmotivated there's some just days when I just feel like, you know, take my ass, please. But, you know, it's not how life works, you know. In life, you, you, you lose people in life. You're supposed to go for your parents. And I understand that, but my mom was a very young woman. She died at the age of 56. She was very young. She was full of life. And I'm going to miss her a lot. Before all the, all these problems that were happening in my, in my life these last three years, I had my own dilemmas that I was going through. And I was looking to, to change all of that, you know. I could take it back to 2019, December. I was, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I deal with neuropathy. Neuropathy is like pins and needles in your in your in your body. It's like your your nerve endings are burning the fuck out of you, or they just electrocuting you every now and then. I've been dealing with neuropathy for a while, but at the time, in 2019, even before that, I wasn't going to the doctor. I don't know why I wasn't doing that. I felt like, you know what? It's a major disservice to myself that I'm doing this to myself. I've been having constant pleas of people coming up to me, telling me, like, yo, you need to go to a doctor and get yourself checked out. But I just always never wanted to go because I always felt afraid of being told what I already knew. And I wasn't really able to accept it. And I feel as if even when I did go to the doctor and, and, and get diagnosed, I'm not, 
I haven't really truly made the lifestyle change to fully accept where I'm at right now in my health. You know, I, I made attempts. And then, you know, you, you just revert back to your old ways. And, you know, 2019 was, was the end of 2019. I just, I had enough. And it wasn't, this was way, this was before my mom was diagnosed with cancer. You know, I just, I couldn't stand my job. I couldn't stand, like, where I was in life. I just felt like life has been passing me by. I'm 32 at the time, I think. And I'm just feeling like, you know, I went to college, got my, my bachelor's degree in business management, didn't get no job in, in my in my field. And I've been working the job that I've been working in college since, you know. And I feel like, you know, life is just passing me by. I don't feel the success that I really should feel. But also, I have to realize some things that I'm not doing. I'm not networking. I'm not going to certain events. Because sometimes I just feel like when you go to certain events, it's, it, does, it doesn't be, it's not what it seems. It's not, you're not really meeting people who are in. You're meeting people who are just like you, who, who are trying to get in. And, you know, they really ain't got, they really don't have no, no connections. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, I really feel that with the amount of work that I've done through music and podcasting, I should be up there. I shouldn't have to wake up every morning and go somewhere that I don't have to go to, I don't want to go to, like my job, and, and deal with people who have paper-thin patients and they don't know they don't know how to have respect for people. I hate working for people like that. And you know, at least in, in the industry you know people don't respect you. And you know that people are are conniving and, and garbage. And they only like you because you do you're doing bigger things and they wanna be a part of it even though they, they just using you. At least you know that. But you're dealing with just with regular people. And you're starting to really, really formulate. Damn, are human beings trash these days? That's how it feels sometimes when I've been doing this. And, you know, it's just crazy to me. I I just had it at that point. I just, I woke up in extreme pain. I feel like I'm wasting myself. Let me be honest with you. The, my I couldn't I couldn't reach to my kitchen. You know where my kitchen is from my bedroom? It's right outside my door. I couldn't walk. I just really I, when I finally made it to the seat, I just I just broke down in tears. I was going through it. Like I, I was having pain that I've never experienced and then just I had other emotions that I had that I just felt like I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing anymore. I don't want to do, I don't want to be a cog in the system. I don't want to be a part of this workforce, sadly. But, you know, everything in this world costs money. You just, you just can't, like, not let that go. Um, I, 
you know, when we found, and I, you know, finally got my shit together, you know, like, it was like, look, Charles, you gotta go to the doctor, see what's going on, and New Year's Eve, I went to the doctor, got my blood test, came, came back a few days later, and I was diagnosed pre-diabetic, and, you know, I, when I got the results, and, you know, everything else that went along with it, you know, I didn't feel as bad as I felt. You know, I have, now I have to take, you know, medications and shit like that, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of taking medic- any sort of modern medicine, but I had to take blood pressure pills, and I had to take the highest dosages of blood pressure pills. I had to take a 100 milligram blood pressure pill because my blood pressure was through the roof. So I'm dealing with pain all the time. Cholesterol pills, water pills, uh, metformin. If anybody know what metformin is, it's for diabetes. And, you know, once I started getting on that, I started trying to make some better choices. Um, and also, at that time, I started getting back into the swing of doing gym radio again. I did the interviews with um, um, Tony Moyer from Potluck, who I was a big fan of because him and um, Nathan Franks made this amazing food show that I'm sorry, I'm sad to see that it's no longer being done anymore. But you know, got a chance to interview him. I did an interview with Vincent the Owl and the Dojo. Between the time of January into March, I was trying to, like, get my life together. I, I started exercising. I started getting my shit together, exercising, trying to eat a little bit more better. And lo and behold, like, we, um, I, I started to realize my mom hasn't really been taking time off. My mom was always working. She worked for Macy's. She, she, she. Doesn't have, she doesn't have a full-time position, but she can get full-time hours. You know, she can pick up hours when she, or whatever she can do. But um, she never would take time off. She would never go on vacation. And I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on vacation. Like, I know it's probably not, not like a lot of vacation spot, but we went to D.C. And when we went to D.C., um, we went with my aunts, my niece and nephew, and my, and my cousin Whitney. And... We had an amazing time. But lo and behold, during that time, this was during a time when COVID just started. When they started saying, like, some some people in the bar got sick, and they all got sick together. And then once when you hit, and once when you take, you know, you take your train all the way from North to, to D.C., and everybody, it looks, it looks normal. But by the second day of being in D.C., which we was really in the town over, which we was in Virginia, we started seeing less and less people. And then we went and we did the um, tour of, like, you know, all the monuments and all the other stuff that's in, in D.C. Nobody was out there on the street. It was like, it was a ghost town in D.C. 
It was crazy. This 2020, I was I was really getting my mind set right. I wanted to travel more. I had a plan to go to Canada for, for um for Carnival. I was gonna go with um Black Madonna. I was gonna meet up with Black with Black Madonna and her friends over in uh, in, in Toronto for Carnival. I, I had so many traveling plans book because I had gotten a travel bug from when I went to Atlanta and I wanted to see more places and you know COVID COVID killed that um that trip to um DC was was crazy but it was a good trip I, I enjoyed everything about it um You know, it's just by next month, the month after, I started realizing some changes in my mom. She started having like this belly that was just stiff. It looked like she was pregnant. And then she would lose breath walking down the stairs, walking into the next room. And I was like, what the hell's going on? So, you know, this is during a time when now COVID is now starting to rapidly rise. And we're freaking out about all these people being put into, into like trucks, freezer trucks and shit like that. We're freaking out. We're not even like thinking about going to, to, the, um, to the hospital because we're thinking that people are like, it's, it's it's packed to the it's packed like crazy, and that as people were getting sick left and right, like people like we were afraid to bring go to the hospital because we didn't think we would come back out. It fuck if it was it was a really fucked up situation, like we really wasn't we was just really was just scared, and you know. Then of course these doctors were doing like Zoom, Zoom fucking calls, and they weren't seeing patients. And then her doctor gave her a doggone inhaler. I'm like, she had a stomach issue where her stomach is out. Like it's like she is pregnant, and it doesn't make any sense. And she can't breathe. She can't even like take walking short distances. I mean, really short distances. Something's up. It ain't no fucking asthma. Cause I'm, how are you going to get asthma at, at 53 years old? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Like, even if you ain't have asthma, you're like, I don't know how that shit fucking works. But he gave her a fucking pump. And it didn't do shit. And then, you know... um, Nothing was working. So she called the doctor again and said, I need to see you. I need to come in. And when the day came, we were going to the doctor. Um, my mom was telling me, like, hey, can you, like, you know, get an appointment for yourself? You know. I said, why? I, I just don't want to go in alone. 
like you know you can just get an appointment you can get get checked out for something and uh, you could be there with me i said i'll, I'll try to see what i could do I'm going to walk with you most definitely to, the, to there, you know, because the doctor's not that far away from my home. Walk up the block. My mom could not make it halfway. I had to call. I had to call. I ran over, but then I ended up calling my uncle. Because before all this, we was trying to figure out if she had COVID. Because of the loss of breath and all this other stuff. Like, she at least got about at least three COVID tests, even though they all were negative. And she was just taking them COVID tests. Remember how them COVID tests were? And they put the fucking cotton swab up your damn nose and shit. Man, I had that COVID test once. And I never wanted to have that shit again. That's a little further down the line. So, we take her to the hospital. We go to the ER. There's absolutely nobody in the ER. No patients, nobody waiting, nothing. That shit fucked us up. We really had to look at that shit being like, the news be having us thinking some things. The, the news had us thinking these places were going to be packed. People were not coming out because they, they already died in, in their care. Like, it was just a lot of shit. But when we, after we took her in and they told me I couldn't come. I couldn't stay. I broke, like, it felt like I would not see my mom again that, after that. Because my mom was really, like, fighting for me to stay. And I couldn't. And she was afraid. And I, I, I got locked on the other side and I couldn't do nothing about it. That shit fussed me to this day. Because that day, you know, she wanted me to go with her to the doctor because she was afraid. She wanted somebody to be there to support her. And I couldn't be there with her. I mean, she was going through what she was going through. They put her in a COVID unit. And she didn't have COVID. And you know how the COVID units used to be. They used to be, you just by yourself in a room and they lock you in there. And, you know, after they found she didn't have COVID, then they, they also started to take samples of whatever the hell the fluid that was in her, her belly or her lungs and they ended up finding out that it was cancer. I remember getting that phone call from my uncle and him telling me that I broke down completely. 
because I, I, I just really would have never thought it would be that. And I think throughout this, I saw, throughout this whole entire thing, I learned a lot about cancer and how it works and how it and how it does what it does. And throughout that entire battle, like every time I kept seeing people die of cancer, I would lose my, I would cry. Because my mom survived for a good three years. And she did amazing things throughout those three years. She came home. She just burst into the tears. I told her that we're going to fight this together. I got your back. We're gonna fight this together. We're gonna do what we can. We gotta figure out what this what, what it is and how how it can be how it can be fought and we go from there. Her sisters came down. Um she had a lot of appointments that she had to go to. She had to go to uh an ornithologist by the name of Simon Bedeen. After um, finally getting all these tests done and I remember it like it's yesterday. I remember sitting in my room waiting for for them to come back from the ornithologist because we was finally going to figure out what level we were on in terms of the cancer and I could I just remember my aunt Marlene coming in and <sighs> coming in I said what what is it and she just said stage four. <sighs> I'm getting ready to go to work in the next hour or so. And I just found out my mom has stage four lung cancer. Lung cancer. I'm walking into the, I'm walking into the living room. She's with her other sister, with Aunt Dina, and she is in tears. I'm going up to I'm holding her like I really didn't want to go to work that day. But I had to. I thank God her sisters were there, but That's something, that's some fucked up shit to go to work with, you You know. Finding out your mom has the worst 
is at the worst part of the cancer, and that's be stage four. I was crying so much at work that day. Because I was in such disbelief that it was gonna it was that bad. And I'm really thinking in my mind, like, how didn't we see this? And also, I guess we could be honest with ourselves here, but my mom wasn't going to the doctor either. And to be honest, there have been times where I had to really like look back and see what times we should have been went to the doctor. And I hearken to some events that I've had to like show up to her job and take her home because she got sick. And we didn't think nothing of it, of her just, just being sick. You know, it happens. But that should have been a time when something should have been caught. I don't know. That was the worst day of my life. Finding out that my mom has stage four lung cancer. And that there's no cure. And all they can do is control it from getting too bad. This is um the first of um three episodes that I'm gonna be doing where I recollect I recollect everything that has happened. And he's uh, th- three years, and it's going to be shorts. It's not going to be no hour-longs or nothing like that. Like, <laughs> It's a time for me to share. You know, it's time for me just to let it all out and explain certain things and also just have some clarity. Right now, I'm just, I'm mourning... I feel alone certain days. I don't have the urgency to come home some days. I don't want to be home some days. But, you know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put myself in a position where I can be comfortable with my finances and my mental health. I'm not really thinking about going to any like counselors or any therapists or nothing like that because I'm at a point right now where when people talk to me about this whole thing about when losing somebody, think about all the good moments. And I'm just sitting here like, I can only think about the good moments that we had throughout the time when she was alive dealing with cancer. Because I was there. 
I was there when she had to go to doctors and she had she weave crying because this was wrong in her body or they can't do nothing about this problem that she's having from from the chemotherapy like I'm there for all of that but I also was there for the times she took a liking to baking having wanting to have barbecues and she did her thing with the old all, all the preparing and stuff like that and I'm gonna do a barbecue on Alana I'm gonna have I'm gonna have events down the line named after her because she she gave a lot and she loved a lot and I'm just I'm just I'm gonna be as much of an extension of her as much as possible she always told me every time I left this house I love you have a good day and be a blessing to somebody else. And that's why every time when I think about all the stuff I do in this music shit and all this other stuff, I I'm a blessing in that manner. If I'm a, if I can be a beacon of support to someone else, I will be that. And if it's something that I really like and I can still and I can get behind, then that's what I'm gonna do. You know, it's hard when people just keep telling me, like, you know, like, she's watching over you. I I really could care less for the watching over me thing. I'd rather be here. This house is quiet. It wouldn't be like that if she was around. She'd be a menace. And I miss it right now. I question why every day. I question why all the time. I was going through it. Throughout these three years. And I hope you can um, take this journey with me as I recollect some of these moments throughout my these three years. And it's not all going to be just about this. Like, I, I have some episodes that I want to be taking time off of talking about this and talk about something completely music related and maybe some something subject related that has nothing to do with this so uh thank you for um tuning in to accordingly with mr b um my name is mr b uh we'll see you next time